here on the classicmetalshow.com. That is brand new Terry Glaze from what I'm going to assume is uh, Evil Fraley, Chris. Yes. And, uh, you know, we got the uh, one and only uh, Terry Glaze with us here in the studio. And watch out, you're going to get it because he's here to give it to you. So welcome to the show there, Terry. Hey, thanks for having me on. How you guys doing? We're doing, man. Are you familiar with the show at all? Not as much as I wish I was. Tell me something good. <laughs> well, we are 26 years in, so we're kind of newbies on the block. I'm and we're all barely 26 years old, too, so yeah, no. it's, it's amazing. Started this stuff in preschool. <laughs> Very good, man. Well, Terry, obviously you do have this uh, brand new project, uh, one of many, as you were telling me before we got started, um, called uh, Evil Fraley. So why don't we start there, man? I mean, people certainly know know your name anybody that's in the pantera lore knows your name or or in a lesser way with lord tracy but certainly that band had some legs as well and still does i know you still do some stuff there too but let's 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 start with evil fraley since that's what the current project is maybe maybe give us a little background on how that came to be and um you know what what's going on with evil fraley Okay, cool. Evil Freely is my latest project with my partner, Tommy Roberts. He's out of Dallas. Okay. I grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth. And so it's a place I can go back, see family, have, you know, eat Tex-Mex, drink Mexican beer and stuff like that, play rock and roll. And uh, Tommy and I had been talking for years about trying to do a project. And it just never, we were in the, never in the same spot. But around 2018, we finally uh, threw some riffs together. We were sitting riffs back and forth on our phones. Okay. And we um, we sent some ideas and I called up one of my favorite people in the world, Kenley Wolf, uh, who's Barney from Lord Tracy, uh, the bass player. Okay. And uh, I've been playing with him since, you know, the 80s. And so Kenley played bass and our buddy Taz Bentley plays drums. And we got together, jammed a day, went to the studio and it was fun. And then a few months later, we went in and did it some more, and we were just about to mix it, and the pandemic started. Ugh. So we finally finished it remotely, and we got it mastered earlier this year. And the goal we're going for is like 70s rock and roll. Sure. So that's kind of what we're doing. But we all kind of always end up kind of sounding like ourselves. Absolutely. So, well, so that's the band. Sure. Well, Terry, um, you and my partner here have the same – the same obsession, I guess, with evil Knievel. And, um, you know, I, I mean, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure at this point is where I'm going to step back and just kind of listen for a while while you guys talk about jumping over buses and shit. But, you know, I, 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 it is, it, evil Knievel was such a presence back in, in our youth, in our youth. Yeah. And, and, it, but it's interesting that unlike so many things, his thing just didn't really carry to pop culture today. You got to be kind of a hardcore to, you have to remember wide world of sports to really understand the evil Knievel thing. So talk a little bit about why you got into evil and what you found to be so compelling about evil Knievel. Man, first I would just say, I think there's a whole nother generation that are picking up on him. Okay. You can't hardly look on Instagram without seeing that darn, those evil Knievel toys and, <laughs> and kids, kids are finding that stuff and jumping over each other and making their own ramps like we did when we were kids. Sure. So um, I was, I got family in uh, Kansas and this past summer 
uh, I went to Topeka to the uh, Evil Knievel uh, Museum. You got to go. It was incredible. So um, I was already a fan, but once I went and saw that stuff, it was just, it's just so cool. I, I love that stuff. And we took, Tommy and I were looking for a band name and we took two of our heroes, Ace Freely and Evil Knievel, and we just kind of went, man, I mean, it's obvious. That's what, you know, <laughs> it, 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 I guess it easily could have been Ace Knievel, but we just went Evil Freely, you know, because you want to, everybody wants to be a little evil. <laughs> so that's cool. Well, uh, Terry, uh, you know, Evil Knievel was such a big deal in my life. You know, as Chris mentioned, the wide world of sports, you know, without wide world of sports, uh, broadcasting is jumps on a Saturday. Typically, you know, that was something that you look forward to all day. It's just like, holy shit, Evil Knievel's gonna, you know, jump, you know, 13 cars or 14 buses or whatever the case may be. And then of course, you know, you're, you're in our age range. So I'm sure you did the same thing as you were probably jumping your bikes over ramps and things as kids, you know, and we never wore helmets or knee pads or, you know, all kinds of faggotry like that. I mean, we, uh, you know, some guys can't even take a, a, a ride in the park on a, on a paved, uh, you know, uh, bike trail without wearing the helmet and the knee pads and the elbow pads. It's like, what are you doing? You know, (laughs) It was another world, wasn't it, man? Yeah, so, so uh, you know, as, as a kid, you know, for me, he was he was larger than life, and he stood for something, and he was a man's man. He was just like he was the he was the ultimate badass. You know, I agree, I agree, and, man. And uh, you know, the the effeminate guys today, they they would look at him as just being brutish, and, and so to us, he was a fucking hero. It's like, look at that guy, you know. And uh, probably the one of the biggest highlights in my life, aside from speaking to you, is uh, oh is, no, is, is, is actually meeting the man himself. You're serious? I, That's I was, amazing. I was at the uh, I was at the Caesar's Palace jump for Robbie Knievel back in 1989, back in April 14th, 1989, and uh, a good friend of mine. We were there. I used to live a little south of Vegas, and you know. I had heard Robbie was going to jump the fountains and I made all kinds of plans to be there and got my hotel right across the street there at Imperial Palace when that was still around. And I was going to see this thing regardless. And it's a long story, but I found myself into the uh, after party after the Robbie jump and uh, I snuck into the thing (laughs) and uh, I was there and uh, this is what I came away with. Oh man, that's the coolest. <laughs> oh, so great, man. So great. So that is a prized possession right there. So oh, uh, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, you know, I I had picked up uh, the the video, the last of the gladiators, the uh, little documentary put together way back in '86, and uh, you know, I watched that and just you know relived my childhood watching the jumps. But you know, but as an adult listening to what he had to say about, you know, standing up and, you know, always give, you know, if you give your word to somebody, you have to do it. And, you know, just honoring everything that you put your, uh, you know, it's, it's your reputation out there. And uh, I was so impressed by that, that it was important for me to meet evil, which I did. And I sat down next to him and uh, he he was sitting at a table at this banquet hall for, for the after party. And, I just pulled up the chair and sit next to him. And he just kind of looked over at me and he goes, he goes, Hey, what's your name? You know? So I talked to him. I said, you know, that, uh, 
that video that lasted the gladiators that left a lasting impression on me. And he goes, no kidding. And he, and he's like, well, where are you from? And uh, you know, I, so we got into the whole conversation and so, uh, there's a, a promo guy walking around the room. They're passing out the photos of, of Robbie. And he goes, Hey, you got something for these boys here? And he took Robbie's photo. And on the back side of that is Robbie's photo. And he wrote that on there and gave it to me. And, and I said, you know, I always wanted to write you and let you know what I thought of that video. He goes, Oh, here, write me at home. And he gave me a business card and he wrote his home address <laughs> on the back. <laughs> it was just like this is fucking evil Knievel, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a big deal, you know, and, and I still carry a lot of his evil Knievelisms with me today. You know, I still think about the things he said and what he preached and, you know, he was over a top, uh, flamboyant, uh, stunt man, showman, whatever, but, uh, you know, the guy got everybody's attention and he lived uh, the life that he wanted to live and on his own terms. And, you know, that's what rock and roll is all about. Right, Terry? Exactly. That dude was a rock and roller. Man, if um, I when I was at the museum, I think I heard them talking about they're they're possibly going to move that museum to Vegas, and it would be perfect in Vegas. Oh yeah, uh, because uh, as good as Topeka, Kansas is, you know, if you were going to go, the only place better than Topeka maybe Vegas. Well, there's there's nothing in Topeka, Long I seventy, nothing out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm well. Out there. <laughs> For, for, oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah well for you terry i mean what what is it about evil that you that you personally hold close to you was it the jumps themselves was it the attitude is it the the fearlessness that you kind of took into your own world to just do whatever you were going to do without without um without compromise what was it about evil that that you took well you know the, the attitude is definitely it. But think about it. We were young and we weren't really thinking back then. And so now that I'm older now, I, I, uh, I appreciate a lot of it, but, but I'm certainly not near as fearless as I was back when I wasn't thinking. <laughs> Man, when we were touring in the 80s and the 90s, it was, uh, it was another lifetime, wasn't it? Man, it was, it was something else. I can almost remember some of it. <laughs> nice dude how, and, and i always think this it's funny but you know um a, a mutual friend of mine and yours josh Toomey. we always talk about you know another mutual friend dimebag and we always talk about how dimebag how incredible he would have been with social media how oh. social media was made for him but i'll use the same thing with evil knievel can you imagine if evil knievel had tiktok or something oh my <laughs> god yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It would have been crazy. Yeah. The best, the best. Speaking of the best, Daryl was the best. Sure. You know, he'd give you the shirt off his back and he was the one thing about those guys is it was, they were that in that persona 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Even once we were still in high school, it was just mute that music 24 hours a day. They never came out of, out of character. And uh, it, it was one of the greatest experiences. Set me on my path for life. Sure. You know, it, you get in that band, you get to play in a band with Daryl beside you. Uh, it's it's a pretty good start. Although it's it's kind of downhill after that because you know you're not going to find anybody better than that. Sure. When 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 you first started Pantera, when you guys all first put Pantera together, and and you're in the room, did you did you know? I mean. Or, or 
because I I'm just speaking on and Pantera is my favorite band ever. So I'll oh, cool. start there to let you know. With that said, I listen to those oldest the oldest releases, and I don't hear like Dimebag wasn't there yet. Like he he had the skill, but he hadn't quite found his power and his groove at 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 the earliest. Did you did you guys see it when you were like in a practice room? Did you see that there was so much more that he could be doing or that he would be doing? Or were you kind of like all the rest of us that just kind of were like watching and just watching him grow? Well, you know, our first record, we're little kids. Sure. And, but but between the first record and the second, he kind of woodshedded and came out kind of a fully full-on rock star. And uh, in when I listened to it, I think Daryl from Projects On, he sounds very consistent to me. He just obviously grows. But from the second record on, which is my favorite record that I got to do with him, uh, I, I hear him. I don't hear that. I, I feel like he's consistently amazing from then on. And, of course, you know, by the time, by the time Cowboys come out, you know, that band's been together nine years. Right. So they're, that rhythm section was pretty freaking tight you know, to finally be able to go in and do that record. So uh, just to watch him grow. My favorite uh, Pantera record is Vulgar Display. Okay, very so, good. So um, Daryl, I re I don't know if you've heard this one, but I was out touring with Lord Tracy in Dallas. He came in and after the show, we went out in his limo and he had a cassette of Vulgar Display before it came out. Okay. And he, he played it for me in the limo and sat there and air guitared you know, mouth for war. And it was, I still remember it. It was amazing. It was like having Eddie sitting right beside you playing. It was, it was the greatest thing ever. Sure. Dude, when you look back at, forget, forget the playing. And I mean, obviously the, the guy's an immense, one of the all time guys, as far as playing, same with, same with Vinny, to be honest. But the thing that I'll always hold true. And I, and I knew, I knew Dime and, and Vince pretty pretty well i mean i was a guy that they knew by name when they came to cleveland i'll put it that way and they would always be like yeah come out to the show and then hang out and black tooth and you know all that stuff you know and and so i always knew those guys but the thing that you cannot no matter how many videos are out there no matter how many stories are told people can't understand how personable those guys stayed even when they got huge you know they didn't turn into rock stars they just were rock stars that, you know, I've, I've told this story before on the show, but I'll tell you because it's kind of funny. I did an interview for the first Damage Plan or the only Damage Plan record. And I read back some stuff that Phil had said. And it pissed both of those guys off that I, you know, because I was like, I was challenging them on what was going on. So after the interview was done, Dimebag literally pulls over two giant amps and has me and him get up on, on top of the amps to do karate kid kicks at each other to pay back for, for challenging him. You know, he's like, get up here. We're going to, we're going to fight to the death. You know how he was. He's like, get up here, son, let's fight to the death. And, you know, and, and so we did this and we both kicked each other in the chest and knocked each other down and just laughed about it. That was who that guy seemed like he always was, you know, now you knew him from, you know, when, when you guys were 15 years old, was he always like that? Or did he turn into that with fame? And, or he, he was always so genuine and he would give you the shirt off his back to anybody. He, and he stayed that way his whole life. So I, I got nothing but love for that kid. He was the greatest. 
Now, <clears throat> looking back, how, how strange is it, you know, especially with your history and knowing them from very young, that uh, both of the Abbott brothers are gone? It's, it's hard to believe, you know, um, but man, as we get older, more and more often, yeah. we're losing friends and people that we care about. So it just reminds you to just don't take anything for granted. And, you know, remember to tell everybody that how much you love them and how much they mean to them, because you never know when it's going to be that last time you're going to get that chance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, it, it just obviously the the tragedy of, of Dime's death, just uh, just it's just crazy. I mean, you, you can't even write a book like that. And yeah. then, of course, uh, Vinny passing away a couple years ago as well. And, yeah. you know, those two guys, uh, you know, they were the face and the driving force behind Pantera. And it, it, it just seems like yesterday when uh, Cowboys from Hell came out that, you know, they took the world by storm with their, you know, with their uh, taking metal up for what it was, taking it up three notches, yes. you know, and, and, you know, just you know, blowing the lid off of the whole music industry. And then both of them now no longer with us. It's just, it's like a, it's like a, a flash in the pan. It's just one day they're here and the next day they're gone. Just that quick. It is, man. Like I said, we can't take it for granted, but I feel so fortunate to get to, you know, have, have grown up with those guys and uh, just great memories. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, when, once you, uh, you know, parted ways with those guys prior to Cowboys, um, what was your motivation? What, what were you thinking that you wanted to do for yourself? Did you already have a vision for yourself that you go, well, you know, this whole Pantera thing that's kind of going in a different direction. So I want to do this. So what, what were you thinking at that time? Well, it really wasn't going in a different direction. I loved the two or three hours a night that we were on stage. It was the other 20 hours a day that was the difficult part, which is like that for most bands, right? On stage, it was the best band. Um, but I decided to make a change. And the only thing I knew was I knew of this bass player named Barney. Uh, his name's Kenley Wolf. And so I get out of the band and I'm, I'm going to find this guy and I'm going to see if I can start a band with him. And I, I don't know if y'all have ever heard Kenley play, but it's like... It's like Billy Sheehan, but from Memphis. I mean, he's incredible. And so I was going to call him. And before I could, uh, a guitar player that he was playing with called me and they asked me to come over and jam. So I went over to this rehearsal room uh, with just the intent to steal the bass player. <laughs> Jim, Jimmy Rusadoff on guitar, Chris Craig, uh, Kenley's lifelong friend on drums, and Kenley on bass. And we jammed and... And it was incredible. Like love at first sight is just weird. And they said, uh, I had no intention of joining that band. And they said, do you want to go with us next week to Memphis and jam? And I was like, yeah, I've never been to Memphis. And we played two nights and they said, do you want to join the band? I said, yeah. So really, like most of my career, there wasn't a lot of thought put into it. I just kind of used the force and, uh, made lots of, uh, lots of bad decisions with my, uh, uh, business part, but the passion and the love and everything has always kind of kept me on the path. But I definitely use the force. I could, I could most definitely have used an adult in the room back in those days. But you know, everything turned out pretty damn good. Sure, man. Well, dude, obviously things are good right now with uh with the current project with um Evil Fraley and um 
you shared something with me and Neely, you haven't heard this yet, but you ain't going to believe this. Tell everybody about your wife's career. And this is something we never do. We beat the wives up something awful on this show, but <laughs> I'm beating your wife up on this because literally his wait to hear this Neely. Tell, tell people about your wife and what your wife does, Terry, because this is unreal. Well, my wife is way cooler than me. Um, <laughs> my wife is Lori Glaze is the director of planetary science for all of NASA. What that means is for non-human missions, if there's not a human on the, on the rocket, my wife's in charge of the solar system. So anything that goes to Mars, anything that goes to Venus, anything that goes to asteroids or whatever, um, my wife's in charge of all that. So kids, if you want to be a successful artist, whether you want to be uh, a dancer or a painter or a musician, the secret is marry a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Neely, he ain't lying. I looked up, he had me look up his, his wife on Wikipedia. And the first thing it says is known for venus exploration <laughs> where you know most people they're happy if they're happy if they're known for you know anything she's known for intergalactic travel for god's sakes it's like wow yeah yeah that's it's, so cool man it's, it's going pretty good in our house right now so i got no complaints <laughs> uh oh well, how long have you been with her we went to high school prom together man it's just sickening all my <laughs> friends hate me it's great so what's that? Five years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Now, here's the real question, Terry. Now, oh, here comes. Here comes the is next it, time. Is it going to have something to do with aliens? Because that's usually no, no, the no, question. No, 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 no. My brother. No, no, no. Yeah, my brother who's who got probed. No. When when she sends up an un unmanned thing to wherever to last last uh, week last week. There was, a, there was a rocket mission called DART that's okay. going, going that will crash into an asteroid next September to try and change its, its whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I was there at, uh, out in Southern California last week. It was amazing. <laughs> Can so. you convince her to get them to play Evil Fraley music on the ship? That would be amazing. I need to write a theme song, man. <laughs> it would definitely be metal, though. Be right. Metal. Well, do or or you could just do a metal cover of the song Venus. I'm your Venus. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> now, now that would be nepotism at its finest to take oh, your yeah. to the intergalactic world. <laughs> yeah. Try and get played in outer space. That would be amazing. That would be something. You, well, you, you played with you played with Pantera. Now you played with the the universe <laughs> so good well they need to, they need to paint up one of those rockets like uh evil knievel sky cycle that would be amazing wouldn't it yeah. oh yeah but you know what uh spacex is pretty freaking cool so i did get to see all that stuff out there so amazing amazing you know this time that we're living in right now no despite kidding. despite all the screwed up stuff Sure. Some, you, it's just like rock and roll. If you look out there, there's great new music being made, mm -hmm. and uh, you just got to look for it. It's sometimes it's harder. I still probably buy one or two records a week. I want to try and support other artists so they'll be able to keep making art. 
you know, so. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, tell, tell us a little bit about the, the timeline and the, and the plan for Evil Fraley for music. When are you, when, I, I know you sent us a couple of songs and there's a couple of songs on YouTube. Um, but what, what is the plan? Are you planning to put out a full album? Are you just putting singles together to see what kind of traction it gets or what, what is your plan? Right now, uh, right now we have a five song EP recorded and finished and we've been slow dripping it out. Okay. So there was a song in the summer. We just put out our second. There's going to be another single come out in January, late February, and then April. And um, the goal is maybe meet in Dallas in April and do some, some show. But the way everything is, I've never actually played any of these songs live before we did them in the studio and so i'm excited to get together and you know play these with live humans right that'd be really cool sure absolutely man but but the plan is to play whenever we can um i'm working on new songs right now we're hoping to get back in the studio when we go back in april we've already got it kind of planned okay. but i'm open to have more stuff so hopefully by summer we just keep it going but it's so great to have something to look forward to. You got to have some reason to get out of bed, something sure. to look forward to. So we didn't want to dump all the songs at the same time, trying to just kind of let them out and have something to look forward to. Sure. And with uh, Evil Fraley, does it, is this, and forgive me if this is a dumb question because I didn't look to see, but does that mean that Lord Tracy is done? Cause I know you every once in a while you do, a show here and there with those guys. Is that project still going or is that done so that you can move on to Evil Fraley or or do they all still exist in some way, shape or form or what? I, I think the way the world is right now, everything is possible. It all just comes down to a big bag of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why we do the show. Yeah. 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 Well, it's down to the big bag of money yeah. at the end of the night when we're done. I mean, exactly. We're all in the same for the same reasons. <laughs> you know, I mean, we love this stuff. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, everything you see on camera there, Terry, is a facade. We 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 have zero interest in this at all. We just studied up just to I have can, you on the show. <laughs> I can see I can see that library of yours back there. I I still love CDs. I love vinyl. Man, I love cassettes. I just love you know, the whole art of all of the stuff. Remember when we were little kids and you would get freaking Kiss Alive 2 laid out on the floor and you had something, you could just stare at that and read it. Um, I miss the, 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 the thing that you can hang, you can hold, you know? So anyway, yeah. I see all your... Well, Chris, Chris hates physical media unless it's a tit or something. Yeah, exactly. So, so he doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't care for any physical media. Me, I'm still a collector. I see in yep. your background there, you got albums on your shelf back yep. there yep. and yep. a turntable and CDs yep. and all yes. kinds of things, you know? Yes. So my studio is very much the same way here. I got tons of memorabilia on the walls and tons of, uh, you know, physical media. So uh, I'm I'm old school like you. That's I love it, man. I love it. Sure. Okay, well, let me see here. This is from the other day. Let's see. Ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in case you need an Ace Frilly mask, I'm your man. You just call, hook you up. <laughs> well, what is it about Ace that uh, you know that that led you to him? Because oh, know, what are we gonna talk? I, I, we could talk that too, and I, but I'll I'll be honest about my opinion. I've 
I understand that it's the soul that he plays, but I've never thought he was a great guitar player. And I know that makes me the antichrist. I know, I know, but I'm just being honest. I mean, what was it about him? Is it the, is it the feeling? Is it the, the attitude? Is it the playing? I mean, maybe it's the playing and I'm just wrong. Could be. Go ahead. Tell me. Man, I, when I was a little kid, when the first couple of records, I used to get up on a chair in my room and air guitar before I even knew how to play guitar. Right. Elvis and Ace Freely, that's why I probably play guitar. Okay. Uh, Ace is the coolest. <laughs> um, so then my first record I ever bought with my own money, Kiss Alive 2. So good. I was living in Baton Rouge. I think I went to Eckerd Drugs and bought the record with my, uh, that was incredible. And then, but I realized, man, I, I'm not going to be in Kiss. That's it's probably not going to happen. Right. Even at a young age, I realized that. <laughs> and when we were in middle school, I went to see, I grew up, uh, my mom had, I, the records I remember, I'm born in 1964. Okay. So the records that I remember of my mom's, two Elvis records, a Beatles record, and a Beach Boys record. And I remember I would play those records over and over and over and over again. So I love Elvis. I love the Beatles. I love Beach Boys. So in middle school, we go see, I think it was Foreigner, but but we're on front row. Cheap Trick opened the show. Right. And that was the moment in my musical career that I remember was, I could maybe do that. Right. I could make, it kind of sounded like Elvis. It kind of sounded like the Beatles. And my whole life, I've wanted to sing songs and play rhythm guitar and, um, so that was that was it. Flash forward, Lord Tracy, 1990, our first major tour was, oh, we toured with Ace Freely. Okay. From East Coast to the West Coast, every night got to hang with Ace. So I got nothing but love for that guy. Sure. It was incredible. It was like a circus. And you're, and you're, you're finally got a record out. You're on MTV, you're on the radio, and you're freaking hanging out with Ace every night. It was it was quite a, uh, 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 you know, it's like being in Pantera, your first band. It's my first tour. It ain't going to get much better than that, man. Right. Was it, now the whole time, did, did you end up becoming friends with them? Or did you spend the whole time just kind of looking at them going, damn, I'm, I'm on tour with Ace Freely, you know, and, and being almost like starstruck or what? They were so cool. The first night we, the first night we, Flew in. Ace is on our bus. Okay. Kinley and Richie Scarlett were thick as thieves. Uh, Ace was in our room where we were in his room every night. It was it was the coolest, man. I I, I can't say enough about how cool Ace was. It is. I uh, I mean, I'll tell you how much I loved him. I named my band after him. So, right? you know, <laughs> it's kind of like your first child almost, you know. Well, Ace may be cool, but he is no Tommy Thayer. <laughs> no, he is not. <laughs> I I will not I cannot argue that with you. <laughs> Very nice, man. <laughs> so so obviously Terry, um, you know, we we've kind of danced around a little bit. The the pandemic has been just a nightmare for a lot of people and anybody that plays music, it's been an absolute nightmare for. Maybe it's starting to loosen up a little bit, I guess a little, maybe not as much as everybody would like, but a little, 
So what are your plans going forward? Is it just to keep making music and wait till it all the way opens? Or are you trying to get out there and mix in a show here and there? Or what, what are you looking at? Just, you know, every day, you just got to go day by, day by day and see how things go. You know, um, I continue to record remotely. Um, I've been recording. Luck, the good part of the pandemic for me was several of my hero musicians who would normally always be on tour and never be available. I've been able to have them record with me remotely uh, because they're stuck at home, too. So trying to find a silver lining for all of this. I'm working on a bunch of stuff right now. Uh, but all of us, we, we can't wait to get out there and have some fellowship with everybody and celebrate. And, you know, when it, when we finally are able to get back out there, it's going to be amazing, you know, because all of us are, have all of this energy and stuff built up inside of us. And uh, I can't wait to get out there and crank it up and play some rock and roll. Well, let me throw an evil Knievelism at you. In every adversity, there's an equivalency to benefit if you just look for it. There you go. <laughs> amazing. Exactly. All right. All right, Terry, let's, let's play the game. We always, we always like to play, which would you do's and here's a, which would you do? You can only keep one of these. You can keep, you can keep any memories that you have of evil Knievel, or you can keep any memories and incidences that you've had with Ace Freely, but you have to give up one. Which one are you giving up? I'm really sorry, Neely. It's it's gonna. It's not. I I didn't get to hang in a hotel room with evil, so you know that's all I'm gonna say. And some of the nights with Ace were the greatest stories. I when we're off the air, incredible. I wish I had some of those memories. You got a memory with evil, so. Uh, but man, that's a tough one. But not for me. Ace. Ace after a show for me. Oh, the greatest. Okay, now let's make it even harder. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now I'm going to, same two, plus I'm going to throw in, um, I'm going to throw in working with Diamond Vince. And you have to give up two. You can only keep one. Daryl and Vince always. So, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get, I didn't get to record and jam with Ace. I just got to be in the presence of it. Right. But you know, without without Daryl and Vince, I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am. They put me on the path, man. And so I'm I'm so thankful. Dude, you do realize what a charmed life you live, right? All my friends hate me. It's <laughs> fabulous. Every day I get to get up and play music. It's I know it, man. And I I'm so thankful. I know how blessed I am. Well, good on you, Terry. What you know, Chris and I are the same way, man. We just, we just do what we do and forge our way through life, you know? So, uh, you know, we, we appreciate guys like you who just uh, have that zest for what you do and the excitement and the passion. And, uh, you know, after all these years, you're still uh, out there doing it, regardless if you're playing a club or getting the opportunity to, you know, tour in a package or play in an arena or just play in your own studio. It's, it's, uh, it's what you do. And, you know, it's obvious that you're excited about it. So that's very cool. I, I'm so thankful. Yeah. And so lucky to play with these guys. Having a, having a ball, man. No question, man. Well, Terry, why don't you tell people where they can go to get the music and keep up with you and, um, and follow, you know, follow along everything that's, that's developing with Evil Fraley. 
we got Evil Freely. That's E V E L. Look it up. Freely, F R E H L E Y. So it's half evil can evil, half ace freely. We got the dot com. We got this Insta. We got the face. We got all those things. You know, you click on the button, go, and all that stuff, you know. And um, two si our second single just came out, whatever, a week or two ago. Nice. And we got three more to come. So um, please, you know, find me, terryglaze.com. You can find me. I'm on all the faces and the grams and the comms all too, all that shit. And, uh, but um, yeah, just reach out. We've got some cool merch, got some cool tunes. I want to thank, um, you know, everybody I've gotten to play with my whole career. I never would be here without all of them. But the new project is me, Tommy Roberts, my partner on a lead guitar, Kenley Wolf on bass, my favorite, and uh, Taz Bentley on drums. He's the greatest. We recorded all that stuff in Dallas. at uh, And uh, kind of our fifth member, Casey Dorio, is the recording engineer and the producer, mixed it and all. And he's why it sounds so good. You know, most of the stuff I record kind of sounds like uh, two tin cans and a string. <laughs> and then they kind of make it sound like a record. So I'm, you know, the, the, the trick for this that I think for my career is, you know, Try and be the worst musician in every band you're in. Surround yourself with people who are all better than you. Right. Pantera, Lord Tracy, Evil Freely. I'm so lucky to be on the stage with these guys because they are all monsters. Nice. So. Perfect. All right, Terry. Well, we appreciate you taking some time to yap at us and, uh, you know, visiting our little show here. But uh, we'll keep an eye out for your uh, project and, uh, you know, future music to come. And uh, you sent over a couple tracks. We played one before the interview here with You're Gonna Get It. So we're going to end with I Can't Wait. So uh, what's the story behind this? I think it was we were watching uh, uh, an episode of Dexter. I think that's where this came from. Okay. <laughs> all right <laughs> all right terry well we're gonna end the, the end the interview with i can't wait so go check out terry at all of his socials and check out uh evil fraley and so here it is this is called i can't wait Ex thank you guys all right Woo! <laughs> exclusively here on your classic metal show thanks for checking out this episode of the classic metal show Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Ninja!